because I thought this would be a great assignment, like come to a church plant on Mother's Day in a funeral home, <laughs> like what do you do? <laughs> but um, it is good to be here. And um, just before um, I get into talking about some stuff, I just, uh, I've, uh, you can take this or leave it, but I really felt like there's something really significant um, uh, happening around Napier um, that, uh, you know, there's probably 150 years of wonderful Christian testimony. But uh, three or four months ago, uh, when I was asked to come here, and this is not just about what you guys are doing, but some other churches, I felt uh, God say to me, and Napier's found its voice, and, and um, there was total silence here, but, there, uh, but there, uh, there's some context to that around, um, I haven't really got time to go into it, but uh, the... Um, it's been interesting. I've just been recently in um, Denmark and Germany, and like in Denmark, going, man, there's a grace in the nation for innovation, and then and then like there's something in the church when you tap into God's given design and grace on you. And then I went to Germany. Uh, it's a bit more radical story, talking about um, <laughs> talking about leadership lessons from the Second World War in Germany. It's like the one the run rollers don't mention the war when you go to Germany, but really felt to do that and in this town, uh, Flensburg in north of Germany, and we're driving into the city and the guys, sorry people are there on Friday night, I'm not going to repeat too much, but they point at this house when we're driving in and they go, oh that's the house where the Nazis finally surrendered, it's like, great, I come to the final stronghold of Nazi Germany to talk about leadership lessons from the Second World War, but um, but uh, just the, the, as the, they just, the leaders just started weeping, but they're like, all our lives we've been ashamed, we've been embarrassed um, of this. Uh, I was like, the devil can't create anything. He can just twist stuff. Like, you've got to redeem this thing of strong leadership and strength and momentum. And they were all just weeping. And so that's the context of really trying to go, man, I think God's just doing something really exciting in Napier. And, and you guys are part of that along with other churches and around the Hawke's Bay of, of kind of finding again the, the voice of God and, and what God meant this place to represent in his kingdom. And um, uh, I was... Um, I was telling my wife, sometimes I've come down and spoken at other churches around here, and often the sense like, oh, man, I was telling her, man, like the food and hospitality is next level here. Like we're, we're out somewhere last night with some friends, like, you know, the vegetables are growing out the back of the restaurant and the food and there's wine and stuff. And the, So there's a whole thing going on here that we just think it's an amazing place. And, um, and I just... Um, driving home last night and I saw this picture of um, like a, a person raising a glass a, for a toast and I thought uh, that's the spirit of Napier that this uh, and and the grace on you guys is, is to articulate the the voice of this place which is the articulation of a of the celebration of bounty of goodness of harvest of peace and it's like that's the sound that you guys are part of with other churches around Napier of recovering uh, the the sound of this place and and making it uh, famous as displaying some facet of the glory of God. Just as other places, Auckland represents something, Wellington displays something else, you get to display something of a, a toast of celebration to bounty and harvest and joy and peace and, and celebration. And my sense is that's the kind of mantle on on you guys. Is that all right, Pastor Sam? That's pretty good. That's good. Okay. Um, but, um, and, and as part, oh. okay, right. Right, okay. 
You got a text from something. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Um, and, and part of that then, I think, for you guys is a, a sense of like prepare for harvest in the image of, you know, full grapes ready for harvest. God's a God of harvest. Prepare for harvest as a mindset. Yeah, God wants to do good things. God wants to bring bounty. God wants to, God wants to see something wonderful happen here. And the, and the peace of the pictures of the harvest in the Bible are pictures of joy, of rest, of celebration, the richness of wine and food and de- all that stuff. Have I nailed all your values? Yeah, yeah. Pay yeah. <laughs> me afterwards. Okay. So cool. So part of that, I reckon, one of the things I've discovered is, uh, uh, so could, we probably could go home now. That's, like, that, that's, what I reckon, that's what I reckon you guys are, uh, have started to tap into. Um, raise a toast to joy and life and celebration, articulate the message of a kingdom as a kingdom of harvest and joy and peace and the richness of life and all that kind of stuff. But, but one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about is the kind of sense of that's great, these pictures of where God's going with us in our own lives, but, but I've found in my own life where <laughs> the challenge of navigating from the beginning to the actual the end is quite a challenge. And a lot of the time I've missed it. So I want to talk about this thing of our beginnings and the sense of a moment in God. Um, and so, because I, I think my experience is this, that more often than not, I've missed the beginnings of something in God because it's been pretty underwhelming <laughs> at the start. We kind of like these pictures of harvest and bounty and God's going to do amazing things. And so we wait for that to kind of fall out of heaven. But what I've learned is God doesn't work like that. And, and actually, the beginnings of God are often really small and actually so insignificant that you can miss a moment in God. You can miss the beginning of something in God. And I've, I wish I'd learned this a long time ago, how to cooperate with God beginning something in my life. And I want to suggest to you that every one of you have had, there's a moment where God dropped a dream, dropped a word, dropped a feeling, dropped a phrase. But And, and I pray that even God kind of reminds you of some of that to go, yeah, the, this is the thing that I'm doing in your life. But, you know, it's off, a few weeks ago we celebrated um, Easter. And, you know, Resurrection Sunday, we know the kind of significance of that. Death is defeated, sins are forgiven, the devil's destroyed, Jesus rise triumphant. It's all amazing. And it's like, yeah, I guess it didn't look like that on the day. There were no angelic choirs. In fact, the account in John, it's like, Mary missed it. You know, she's like, she didn't, she turned, she saw Jesus, she actually saw the resurrection, the beginning of the new creation, and it was so under, underwhelming, she missed it. And I want to suggest to you, in my expert, many of us miss the moment of God beginning something new in our lives because it looks so underwhelming. You know, and, and he asked her, Woman, why are you crying? And she, thinking he was the gardener. Sir, if you've carried him away, tell him where you've put him and I will get him. You know, and then just one word, Mary. And suddenly she recognizes what's happening. And, and, and so often we're waiting for some big master plan out of heaven, but often it's, it's one word. It's one phrase. All you need is one word from God. 
It's the beginning of something beautiful in your life. You know, and after that, suddenly she, she gets all the, un, the download on all this obscure theology of what's going on. But then verse 18 runs off, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So then she tells the disciples, other, listen, that one word, that was the birth of the church. The reason we are here today was of one word. Jesus just called her name, Mary. You just need one word. You need, one, you need one moment with God, and it can change your life. Um, Jesus, and Jesus taught, the, I, don't know, I don't know why it took me so long to realize that Jesus, this is not a surprise. Jesus taught this very explicitly. This is how the kingdom of God, it's like a mustard seed. It starts really small, which a person took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest you, when it grows, it becomes the largest of garden plants, becomes a tree. Uh, and it's like, we, we can't, oh, God's given me this vision. And we sit there waiting for the tree to appear. But he gives us a little mustard seed. He gives us a moment of a little seed. And, and I've realized that I need to learn how to, how to kind of steward that. You know, another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. It's taken mixed through the whole flower. There's a timing. There's a process. But God's point of intervention is often quite small. And we underestimate its power and its significance. You just need one moment with God, and it can change everything. Um, you know, he talked about this more with the parable of the, of the soils or the sower. The, the farmer, it's, it's like, get it, this is agricultural land. This is how farming, this is how harvest comes. You don't, you don't sow a fully developed vineyard. You don't sow a fully developed crop. You, you sow, in this image, it's one word. And, and it can look so insignificant, you know, and, and it, some people can lose it straight, straight away. It's like, oh, that was just the pizza last night or that, that was just the cheese or, you know, well, that was silly, that was just hype or, or that was just me. And it's like, no, no, that was one little seed of a word from God. You know, and other people comes for a while, uh, grows, but when persecution comes, they fall away. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have got my hopes up. It was too good to be true. You know, I thought it was God and it didn't really work out. It's like, no, no, that's part of the process, you know, and, and other people, it grows a bit, um, but worries of this life, these things kind of choke it out, but then verse 20, others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times, it's like God's a God of harvest, but it starts with a seed, like you just need one seed, you and I, we just need one word from God. And amazing things could happen. Beautiful things could happen. Um, even Jesus was like this. You know, when he's tempted, he's 40 days, 40 nights, hasn't been eating. He was hungry. Devil comes on, turn the stones into bread. He's like this. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone. This, on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's like, more than I need my lunch, I, need a, I just need a word from God. Like more than I need my salary next week, I need a word from God. It's like we haven't come to church to, to do a religious ritual. We haven't even come to church to learn about God. We've come for a moment with God that we go away carrying. Like I just need to carry some sense of something God put in my heart today. A word, a thought, a feeling, a phrase. Because everything changes from that. It's like I just need 
one word from God. I was going to throw you a lot of scripture. And Genesis, this is how right back, it's always worked like this in the Bible, right back Genesis chapter 12 with Abraham. You know, go from your, fa- your country, your people, your father's household to the land I'll show you. And then, and then this is the kind of the essence of it. It's a bit long. It's actually just two sentences. And if you read it, it's not very specific. Like, Abraham, I want you to leave everything for what? Well, I'm kind of, kind of, going to bless you, and it's going to be real great, and it's going to be so good, actually, it's eventually going to reach everyone. Like, do you want to give me a bit more detail, God? <laughs> it's like, no, no, step out on that. Like, two sentences. It's going to be amazing. And, it, and it, the interesting thing now, you know, is um, Abraham did it, and um, today... Jews, Christians, and Muslims all trace their spiritual whakapapa, their spiritual lineage, back to Abraham as the father of faith. It's currently 55% of the world's population, 3.78 billion people. Out of one moment of two sentences of really not a lot of detail, like, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. We're going to do something great. Okay, (laughs) let's do this. And the harvest... 4,000 years later, is currently 3.78 billion people. Like, wow. God's amazing. And so Abraham does, you know, and, and he sets out as the Lord had told him, and, they, and he went, and he took everything. Like, he set out on, on two sentences. It was a seed for a harvest that took a long time to come. You know, and, and then he goes, uh, and he arrives in this place, and then God speaks to him again here. Uh, verse 7, to your offspring I'll give this land. One sentence. And it's like, again, watch the news any night. That's still being played out. The drama around one sentence. you know. But here's where he starts to get it. So he built an altar there to the Lord. It's like, here's, he's done, here's how God, God drops one little sentence. And, and the challenge is, how do I treat this as a holy moment, as a sacred moment, that I build an altar, I acknowledge this is a God thing, and I respond like, God, I give myself to this. He's starting to learn how to steward having a moment with God. And, and his response is, I build an altar. See, it's like, oh, I need to learn how to engage with a moment with God. Does that make sense? And so then he, um, then the next thing that's interesting, so, so Abraham's life, which in, in my, as I look back at my life, life is less about kind of just the decades of plotting on. Life is much more about a set of a few moments. Your life will probably be defined by five or six or seven moments with God. And, and the story of Abraham journeyed from here to here, and he had a moment with God. Then he journeyed from, and he had a moment with God. He journeyed from, and he had a moment with God. You need a moment with God. You need, your life will be defined by moments with God. They're the most precious thing in life. And, and so Abraham then, what's interesting here, he journeys on a certain point, and then he says, and there he built an altar, and he called on the Lord. It's like he almost got to the point, it's like, do you know what? I need another moment. I'm not going to wait randomly for some thought. Like, I'm going to build the altar first and go, God, I need a moment f- with you. And I reckon if we've been, you've been around for a while, there's some of us like, I need a moment. I've been running on a word that's feeling pretty old. I've been running on a dream that's feeling pretty tired. I need a fresh seed of heaven planted in my heart that defines the next season of my life. 
I just need another moment with God. Or maybe I need God to come bring back to life a, a moment that already, because I, I need a moment with God. Um, I read this quote by Bill Johnson from Bethel Church uh, a number of years ago. And again, this is one of these things that's like, dang, I wish I knew this 30 years ago. And he just says this, often God gives us an acorn when we ask for an oak tree. It is the process of stewarding the acorn that gives us the wisdom to manage the tree. It's, it's actually quite profound. Because most of us spend our lives going, God, I just, I, you know, I need you to, I need to win a lotto tonight. I need, you know, I need the, I need, I'm waiting for all the big harvest to draw. I'm waiting for, and then he gives us this tiny little thing. And my response in the past has been, well, that's a fat lot of you. Like, what? <laughs> that, it doesn't solve my problem. Your answer doesn't match the scale that I'm looking for. And now I'm like, no, no, that's how God works. So I want to tell you a story, a bit of a journey I've been on the last six or seven months. That around Now, this mate has the possibility to offend everyone in here. <laughs> some of you think it will be totally ridiculous, and some of you think it will be kind of inappropriate or whatever, but, um, but I, it's just true. So, so I run a Bible college in Auckland, and, and, I, and I, looking forward into this year, about September last year, I was like, God, I really need about another $100,000 in my college's budget for what I feel like you're calling us to do. And I felt like God was like, he was okay with that prayer. Like, I could pray. Like, so I was like, oh, now I'm getting excited. And I was like, okay. And I felt like, God, could you give me, but I've got to write my budget for my board of trustees, blah, 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 submit it. So I need it to come through in October, November. And I felt like, yeah, that's good. He's okay with it. He's going to do this. This is going to be good. So I'm praying October, going into October, God, I'm believing you're going to give me another $100,000. And uh, we have a, our church conference at uh, end of October, and um, one night after an evening session, I hope it's not from anyone here, but um, this, um, this person comes up to me from Christchurch, where we used to live, and he goes, oh, you don't really know me, but um, somebody wants to um, give you something anonymously. I'm like, yes, here, here it is. <laughs> and he reaches behind his back, and he pulls out this little paper bag about this big and hands it to me. It's got five chocolates in it. <laughs> Seriously. Like, who gives anyone anonymously five chocolates? Like, I'm believing for $100,000, and I got five chocolates. Like, what use is that? But I've read this, so I was like, okay, 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 I'm going to do this. Like, God, when was the last time anyone gave me chocolates? Never. When was the last time you gave me five? Okay, I'm believing this is my seat. This is the start of something that you're doing. So I took them home, and next day I was going to tell Christine about, you know, what I'm believing for. And I said, oh, you know those chocolates that someone gave me last night? And she's like, oh, yeah, I ate them. <laughs> she said, oh, they're my favorite. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So not only did... Did someone give me chocolates? But they happened to be my wife's favorite. And so, uh, okay, we're on a roll here, God. I'm, I'm believing now. We're going to do this. This is my little acorn. My five, my little paper bag of five chocolates. And then, um, and then, uh, and then in October, I, oh, this must have been a couple of years ago when I was at Grace Vineyard Conference. No, the Vineyard Conference. And, um, and, uh, they arranged this car for me to use. I asked if I could have a car to use while we're down there. And the young um, Rock, uh, Rocky and 
Clark come and these young guys come out and they go, oh my goodness, you won't believe the car they've got you. This is totally wasted on me. I'm one of those weird guys, like, what kind of car do you drive? A blue one. <laughs> like, that was awkward too. Like, I have to ask my wife what year our car is, but they come and go and they tell me this thing. I'm like, is that good? <laughs> And they're like, it's this European sports car, and that's worth 10 times anything I've ever driven. I was like, God, what are you doing? Like, I'm, th- like this is so- there's something in this. So I drive around for a week making sure I don't scratch this thing. And then, we, and then, and then, I, and then uh, I got uh, some money, like about $4,000, and I thought, well, we're on a roll here. It's because this, I'm trying to steward this. I'm trying to thank God for things that are starting. I'm not waiting for the, I'm thank, thank God for my chocolates. Thank you that I get to drive this car. Thank you, God, that now got $4,000. Like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then, um, so I was really on a roll. And then I got to the end of, where's my phone? I got to the end of um, November, and it's like, it's about to happen. And then I woke up uh, December 1st, and it hadn't happened. I was so grumpy and annoyed and disappointed. Um, I went and sat in this cafe because I didn't want to go to work, and I just I wanted, to <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to have a sulk. <laughs> and um, and I've got this. There's this little lady in Christchurch who often sends me kind of prophetic words. So this is so you got the context. I'm believing October, November, God's going to give me a hundred thousand dollars, and um, I've got to the end of. November, I've got a bag of chocolates that I never even got to eat. I got, um, and I got to drive a nice car for a week, and I got $4,000, but I didn't have the rest of it. And um, so I'm sitting in this cafe on December 1st in the morning because I'm so grumpy and annoyed that um, it hasn't happened. And she sends me this text. Sorry, I've got to scroll back. I've just found it. Here we go. December the 1st, 8.59 a.m. This is a text. There's something you need to be patient about. <laughs> Seriously. I text it. That's classic. I'm believing for a breakthrough in an area in October, November. So today, December 11th, I'm sitting in a cafe feeling grumpy and disappointed. And then you text that. And it's like, and, and so it was like, no, no. How many people know timing is the hardest thing to get right with God? <laughs> this guy does. And it's like, oh, God sows a word, and, he, and we're waiting for so so much are waiting for something wonderful to happen. But but he's God is really annoying and frustrating. He gives us something little, and he says, "Come on, grow this thing into what 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 you see, what what I've got for you." And and um, interesting, the last working day of December. Um, the Tertiary Education Commission rang us and said, oh, we're going to give you another $38,000 funding for next year. Well, yeah, I thought that was impressive. That doesn't happen every day. That never happens. They usually dial it back. So, so again, by December, I didn't... So I had my bag of five chocolates that my wife ate. I got to drive a car for a nice week. I got 4000 then I got 38000 So we still haven't got there, but I'm... St- I'm I'm still working this thing. I'm believing that God is growing this college that I'm trying to leave, and I'm believing that I'm called to steward a miracle coming into being. And it's the same for you. I wonder what the word of God is. But so often it's like, oh, it didn't happen. I must have got it wrong, or, or God let me down. It's like, no, no, it's actually a process, and it's a battle, and it's a fight. 
Um, if you think that was a really stupid story, let me show you it's actually biblical. This is what they did in the, in, the, in the Old Testament. They had a harvest offering. You need to prepare for harvest, but harvest didn't come. Do you know what they had to do? They had the first thing, the first fruits, the priest had to grab a sheath and go, thank you for my harvest. It's me with my little paper. Thank you for my harvest. Come on, you need to learn to give thanks at the first sign that his harvest is coming. Oh, I'm praying for restoration. For once, you know, my daughter, this is, I'm making this up, you know, for, for some situations, you know, praying for family, for what, yeah, I'm believing for my kids to come back to faith. Finally, a daughter texts and just says something nice. Or, or you're believing for something and you get, a, I was talking to someone else, yeah, they were believing and someone said, oh, we're going to give you a pay rise. And it was, a, it was a, a, um, like, ended up being a dollar a week or something, a dollar a day or something. It's like, yeah, but the, it's starting God. That's, it's like the priest, it's starting. It's starting. You know, and then the second one, then they had to bring, bake two loaves of bread. It's like, oh, now there's some weight to this thing. No, I'm not there yet, but it's actually, in this room, it feels like there's a bit of weight to the stream already. It's starting. Thank you, God. My dream is starting. Thank you, God. The harvest is starting. And then finally, right at the end, they got to celebrate the whole harvest. But the point is you can't wait to that point because otherwise you'll never see anything grow in your life. We're like, oh, it didn't really happen. I need to finish in a minute. I just want to, I want to show, this is, a, this is a prophet understood this, Elijah. He had, there had been a f- drought for three years. Elijah's like, now I'm going to break the drought. So go and eat and drink. There's a sound of heavy rain. Well, there isn't actually. So he goes and prays seven times. And if you know the story, finally the servants, a cloud as small as a man's hand. Like, I've just declared a national drought is going to break. What use is a cloud this size? Same principle, right? But because he's a prophet, he's like, it's starting. It's starting. It's starting. You need to learn to rejoice and celebrate. And this, It's starting. My miracle is starting. My harvest is starting. And so that's when he's like, go and tell him quick before the rain stops you. I need to finish, but a, a couple of kind of. This is how God works in Exodus with the promised land. He's like, I'm going to send the hornet ahead of you to drive out these nations. I'm going to sovereignly give you this land. But then he says this, but I'm not going to drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous. This, little by little, I will drive them out before you. This, until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. See, we want God to change our circumstance. He's like, I can easily change a circumstance. I'm growing you to become the person that could take possession of this. Just to finish, uh, there was another weird thing around this car thing with God. Then we were down in Christchurch over summer. And again, someone lent us a car. And again, it was this European sports car. I was like, what are you doing, God? And again, I hope it's not offensive, but for me, so I grew up in a, my dad in and out of prison, worst uh, state housing street, solo mom, snotty-nosed brats, dad in and out of prison and then gone. I I have memories of hiding with my mom in the kitchen away from debt collectors banging on the door 
the obstacle to me seeing God bless my college was not the tertiary education commission. It was something in here and in here that said, could you grow to become the kind of person who could lead a college at a bigger scale and with a bigger budget than you've ever done? That's what the cars were about. See, the obstacle to your harvest is not out there. The devil's defeated. Don't be silly about stupid nonsense out there. The only obstacle is in here and in here. For your word, for your moment with God. Can I get um, maybe um, Chris on the... We're going to leave it there, but... um, You know, I love this statement by Bill Johnson. Often God gives us an acorn when we ask for an oak tree. It's the process of stewarding the acorn that God gives us wisdom to manage the tree. 